This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, sorry for the delay. Uh, My camera and my headphones didn't want to work, but that's because I've been away for a little while. And, uh... I don't know. I'm having some technical difficulties out here. Now the camera wants to work. Um, let's try one more time for my headphones because it's a lot better if I can do the pod with my headphones. That's coming from my phone in the chat. Test. No, I'm not hearing anything out of that. Well, we weren't saying anything. Yeah. Can you hear us? All right. MacBook it is then. All right. Let's get right into it. Uh, Talking Nets episode 175. We've been off for over a week, I think, and a lot has happened. But the title of this episode is We're Back, Winning Cures All. I think before we took a little break, Robin said, you know, when we looked ahead at the schedule, hey, this looks like this team could be 500 or better than 500 with the schedule that was upon us. And uh, now they are. So. Talking Nets, episode 175. Let's get it. Hit it, Alex. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 175. That's a lot of episodes. We're getting close to 200. Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn, Alex, our producer behind the scenes. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, I was in London and Amsterdam, and uh, I really did not watch too much Nets basketball on the other side of Nets world, but that's okay. Robin and Hudson will fill us in on uh, what they thought and what they saw. I welcome them in now. What's up, Robin? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. My my headphones work. My microphone works. So, you know, I'm off to a better start than you, I guess. He's trying again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got to just rock with like, I don't know. I'm figuring it out as we go. As long as you guys can hear me, it's fine. I mean, for what it's worth, we're not getting any echo. Although, I mean, this this would happen after taking taking a week off. He thought the, the holidays would treat us nice. Keith had that great looking European vacation, but the uh, the technology doesn't want to see him shine. This must be scintillating for the audience, <laughs> right? Tech difficulties can't work in tech without tech difficulties. Whatever. How are you doing, Hudson? How was your holiday? How are you feeling about those nets? Uh, it was it was great. It, I mean, it was a, a, a solid, a solid Thanksgiving. Uh Honestly, a lot of soccer. The U.S. men's national team. I saw Robin posted a uh, an interview with our guy Brendan Aronson from the U.S. men's national team earlier today. Uh, that's been taking up a lot of my life. But this is a basketball podcast, and we have a uh, you know uh, not to not to get on anything too early, but we have a three game winning streak 
to talk about. And that's, that's always positive. Shout out Medford, New Jersey, Brendan Aronson from, from New Jersey. Yeah. Cool dude. I saw that repping Jersey all the way out there in Qatar and uh, the United States shocked the world. I'm glad they did after that little back and forth that Tyler Adams had with the uh, Iran press. Christian Pulisic goes out there, scores the goal, and they'll be uh, back at it at 10 a.m. But let's get to the hoops, man. The Brooklyn Nets are winning. Kevin Durant is playing like an MVP. I said winning cures all, and of course it does. So I think the last game that we talked about on the pod was the Memphis Grizzlies game. But then right after that, what do the Nets do? The never know Nets. They come out and they lose to Philadelphia without James Harden without Tyrese Maxey, and without Joel Embiid. Boo! There's no time to even talk about that game. It was a waste of time. I think they just got wrapped up in the Ben Simmons hype and the Ben Simmons return, and it wasn't even really that crazy for Ben Simmons. The environment was crazier last year when the Nets went there. So moving on from that, let's see. So the Nets lose to the 76ers 115-106, and then they face the Raptors again in Toronto. The Nets beat the Raptors 112-98. Then they go on to beat the Trailblazers 111-97. Oh, in between, they lose to the Pacers in Indiana. That was another disappointing game. Uh, but then they bounce back. They beat the Trailblazers for the second time, but at home. Then the Magic, a team that most people do not have any respect for, they barely beat the Magic, the Magic 109-102, but KD goes off. And then the most recent game, was Wednesday against the Wizards at Barclays Center. The Nets win 113-107. So let's do this, right? You guys got to fill me in. I was not able to watch. I think I, I watched the Philly game. I watched the Wizards game. But in between, uh, fill me in on what happened. In my notes, uh, you know, I have KD's been going off. I know Ben Simmons had the knee soreness, and then he's out three games with the calf strain. I think that that last game was the first of the three Utah's out. I saw Patty's getting DMPs. Uh, the Nets are better with Kyrie now. Kyrie's been back and getting into the fold. Uh, let's start with Robin over this like four or five game stretch here over the last week. What are the biggest things you've seen from the Brooklyn Nets and how are you feeling about this team, their chemistry and where they're headed? Well, look, I, I think the coaching change was actually significant. Uh, that's one thing that we're seeing is that they are a better basketball team under Jacques Vaughn, who does little things like call timeouts quickly in a run when he doesn't see when he sees something he doesn't like quickly nips it in the bud uh Kyrie who you just mentioned has done a pretty good job trying to play within the offense I feel like which is one of the reasons he hasn't had some of these monster takeover games yet um you know he, he might need to shoot the ball a little bit better for, from three as the season goes along but credit to him for playing within the offense and and the the team as a whole some of the, the weaknesses are the same second chance opportunities I believe their second in the league and in, in defense since Vaughn took over, by the way, over that in, entire span. Um, but, but their biggest weakness remains securing the defensive rebound and not giving other teams extra chances and extra opportunities. But for me, the biggest change, and I wouldn't call it a change, but the biggest takeaway from whatever this period of time has been 10 days, whatever it was, is I, I've noticed it from the fan base and, and I noticed it myself you know, I, I put on Twitter, I, I texted you guys, uh, put it on Instagram, whatever. I, I took my oldest son, Raj, to the game against the Wizards on Wednesday. And I thought to myself, right after the Magic game that Katie went off in, you know what? 
we're always talking about all this nonsense. We're always talking about all this drama. You know, everything's always going on. Katie's trade demand, all that stuff that, that took place. Sometimes you lose perspective. Um, and I'm guilty of it. Sometimes you get emotional, whatever the case may be, when you're pulling for a team and, and you get disappointed, you get frustrated with players. But it is pretty cool that he got to see Kevin Durant play, which shows you it's pretty cool that Kevin Durant plays for the Brooklyn Nets. And Kevin Durant remains under contract for three more years beyond this year with the Brooklyn Nets. And I, I think that's been my biggest takeaway with the level of play that KD sustained, because we can argue about how much his titles mean in Golden State or if he needs to lead a team as the guy or all these various things with him. Bottom line is, at worst, he's a top 20 player of all time. He's probably a top 15 player of all time. And depending on how things go, he could be a top 10 player of all time. So you're talking about one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. He plays for Brooklyn. His name's eventually going to be in the, or his jersey's eventually going to be in the rafters, I think, at Barclays Center. And it can't get too bad as long as he's on the roster. Yeah, as long as he's on the roster. But also, I do have to say, and, you know, sitting at a wood desk, knock on wood, as long as he's playing. And the 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 trend, and I believe Jacques Vaughn actually, the, his quote, I believe, was that it, it's not ideal how many minutes KD is playing. And I'm not someone to get involved in that. KD, at the beginning of the season, said he wanted to play 48 minutes a game. So if that's what KD feels he can do within within his game, then you know I want I want him to do it. But he hasn't had a non-injury stretch playing this amount of minutes since he was 25, almost 10 years ago. And on one hand, I think KD is aging like wine. He is playing like an MVP candidate, an MVP contender, and the Nets are absolutely better for it. We don't win that magic game. A game not, of course, we don't need to win this early in the season, but boy, that would have been a gutting loss. And if KD doesn't put up the 45 that he did, I don't, I don't think the Nets pull that game out. And it, it, it raises the question of, do we see someone like Kevin Durant, who is, as he, as he claims to be, and as he says he is, and as he shows to himself to be, you know, someone who really just only cares about basketball and going out and playing basketball games and being a student of the game and enjoying it, do we have to to look forward for the Nets to have a whole season of Kevin Durant? Do we have to break out the a little bit of the Kawhi Leonard treatment? Do we do we even let that into into our consideration? Because I last season was such a nightmare, and honestly, I still feel a little scarred by it. Go for it, Robin. I mean, I feel like that's when you you start doing stuff like that. I feel like that's when people actually get hurt. <laughs> you know, like when you when you will it into the universe because whatever's going on with Kawhi Leonard is strange. Like that's not a normal situation. Now, can you um, play KD fewer minutes with TJ Warren back? Uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, hopefully you knock his minutes slows down. Can you at some point sit him one half of a back to back? Sure, I'm I'm cool with that. But if the guy wants to play and he's healthy and available. I, I think you got to play him and. and just it, it comes with the game, right? That, you know, that is the game. It's part of the game, getting hurt. Hopefully this is a healthy season for him. And and if he doesn't, you know, make it all the way through healthy, the, the hiccup is minor. It's not like, you know, he had debilitating injuries throughout his career other than the the one in the, the finals against uh, Toronto, right? Like that that's set him back for the first year of his time with Brooklyn. Um, so I, I just hope um, – I, I hope he gets through it healthy and, and – I just try not to worry too much about stuff like that. I do, Keith, if you could pull a comment up. Piper23 says, I hope Robin can go the rest of the season not hating Kyrie. 
because we're better with him and he was wrong. Look, I'll always own stuff when I'm wrong. Everybody knows the net ceiling was always better with Kyrie. My take at the time was based on the fact that it was calamity after calamity with Kyrie and you're just better off with the, the mood without him and, and moving on from him. I, I still, you know, my hesitancy with Kyrie remains and, and I'm, I'm, I try not to hate on anybody. My hesitancy with Kyrie remains, I don't know if something else is going to pop up. The past has shown us that will be the case, but I'll give credit where it's also due. Kyrie's come back. He's played, like I said, within the team. He's played at, you know, almost a, a role since he came back. And I mean that as a compliment for him. Their defense has been good. Uh, they, they've held a couple teams under 100. Their defense has been consistently good. He's been a part of that. So, um, of course, the hypothetical ceiling of the team is higher with Kyrie. Of course, everybody likes watching him play when he's got it going. But I did want to address it since it had my name in there. And, and I, I want to be uh, honest with the audience. Sure. And I'll take it from there. Um, we might as well speak on this with Kyrie. I have it in the notes. You know, when Kyrie posted that link to Amazon without any context, without any caption or writing why, uh, it was confusing to a lot of people. And some people decided to take a shot at Amazon. Right. And they, they said uh, maybe he was posting it to say, why is this on Amazon or you know, you know, that wasn't it. And fast forward to now, Amazon has made a ton of money off of that film. And they came out and said that they're not taking it down. So the Amazon CEO said there's no plans to stop selling the anti-Semitic film at the center of the Kyrie Irving suspension. Uh, Amazon CEO Andy Jossi said Wednesday that the company does not have plans to stop selling it. I mean, they're making money off of it. Why would they? Pressure has been mounting on Amazon to discontinue the sale of the film. Um, but from what I got from it, they, they put out there that, you know, even though it's objectionable, it's a platform where they put out a lot of, excuse me, sorry, a lot of different things and a lot of different views, um, at the New York times deal book summit in New York city, Jossie said it is difficult for the company to determine what content crosses the line to where Amazon doesn't, doesn't make it available to customers. So I think that's interesting, right? Uh, as many people tried to cancel Kyrie as many people called for the end of his season his career with the Nets uh Nike dropped him and then we saw Kyrie come out with this blacked out uh Nikes and and no Nike socks I, I think it's interesting that people are not calling for Amazon right no one's canceling their Amazon Prime membership the NFL played on Amazon Prime last night it's all well with the people that are distributing the content um I thought that was interesting that they actually did not pull it and they kind of weathered the whole storm. Um, going back to basketball, I think after the last game. Well, Keith, could you let me cut in there for a sec? Yeah, go for it. I do want to. I do want to say before we move past the the Amazon topic. Um, I I don't I don't know if 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 we maybe fly in different online circles, but Amazon's an evil corporation, and they've been doing that for years, almost a decade. Of I mean, you've seen if you just take a look at the way they treat people trying to like have labor organizations uh, in their factories. I, I, Amazon, at least what I saw, they got some pretty major flack. And they continue to get a lot of flack and their CEO being Jewish or not, they're, they're not, they're, they're out to make money. They're a money-making operation. And so if this is making them money, of course, they're not going to do it. I don't think Amazon has any, any track record of being, being nothing but bad, honestly. And they're you know, a giant. They, they're, they're, they're huge. They can withstand this. Not like, even if, you know, pressure did get applied to them, they, they're fine. Like they're bigger than one man. 
Well, all those companies are money-making organizations, right? I, I don't know if I have enough information on Amazon to call them evil or, or, or bad or anything like that. I, I, I'd have to look it up. And that's a slippery slope argument as far as I'm concerned, because then you could kind of apply it to, to almost every one of these uh, corporations, I think, considering where the workforces are and, and stuff that goes on. But Yeah, I'm comfortable the, with that. Yeah, this is the like basically the, the last thing, time I want to say this on this specific topic, but I never was that mad about Kyrie posting the link. And I'm um I'm on board with the not censoring for the most part. Like, you know, certain things that are out of line and and you you know, you you gotta just get rid of it. whatever I I I don't want to go into the nuance too much because we're not talking about something specific. I'd have to deal with a specific, but in general, I believe in in not censoring, and that's what Amazon is saying here. My issue was never with Kyrie posting the link. My biggest issue with Kyrie was how he responded to posting the link, almost being antagonistic about it and and that is to me what really got him in trouble not posting the link. it is and we can move on from it but that is exactly what added fire to it he was asked about it and he didn't come out and clarify why he posted it he actually doubled down on it and he said he took offense to people calling him anti-semitic because he's you know i know where i come from he, he whatever he dropped the ball and really turned this into something by the way he approached the media. We know he's called the media pawns. He doesn't have much respect for them. Um, he had plenty of opportunity to explain himself, and he didn't. He had plenty of opportunity to apologize, and that's what made this thing grow bigger. The, the movie is going to stay up on Amazon. I think people are over it now. I think people know Kyrie doesn't hate the Jewish uh, community. I think people know Kanye West has added to his stuff. And I, if you remember me on this podcast saying, I don't know why Kyrie would see what happened to Kanye and then post that link, deciding to dip his toe into that pool. Um, I don't think Kyrie is going to jump um, into what Kanye has added to that. Good, because we want him to focus on basketball. And in focusing on basketball, he has to get back to being Kyrie. I laughed when I watched the post game the other night because they asked him about his minutes. They asked him about getting his win back. And he said something along the lines about the hours that he put in training for this season and then to be removed like that, as if it was like he got removed for something, uh, I, like like he didn't do much. And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's hilarious that Kyrie just was like, yeah, to be removed like that, you know, I'm still working to come back. It's like, bro, that, that was your own mistake. That was your own fault. Um, stick to basketball and I think he is sticking to basketball now I think the team is sticking to basketball now I think they have overcome that stuff and it's good to see that that was really just like a rough three weeks now they're 12 and 11 they're a game over 500 KD is hitting his stride and I want to go back to what Robin was talking about uh, with, with KD's health like wouldn't it be nice for KD to play a full season and stay healthy as he is trying to climb the all-time scoring leader ladder as he is, you know, looking like he wants to be here, right? He, he speaks a lot about the product that they're putting out there, getting the fans behind the team. That's what it's all about. That's why we watch. That's why we're fans. That's why we do the podcast. That's why we go to the games. That's why you bring your son to the game. That's why we show up to practice in the park, all of that. We want to be behind a good team, a good product, and the Nets are starting to turn into one, even with Utah being out with Ben being out, guys like Edmund Sumner stepping up. I am at a point now with the Nets where, like, I was considering going to this game tonight, but it's not it's not going to time up for me. But I've been staying away, honestly. It was toxic with the Kyrie stuff. It was toxic with some of the losses. But now they're rounding into form. 
And it can't be said enough the difference that Jacques Vaughn makes. In the beginning of the year, Steve Nash should have been fired after the Nets were swept by the Celtics. But in the beginning of the year, you could just tell something was up. And what was up was they didn't have a coach, man. And what was up was that they needed somebody that actually knew what he was doing and could look at the game and film and come up with strategy and plays. And there was a video that went uh, pretty crazy on NBA Twitter of, I think Kyrie had the ball. Ben Simmons was coming to set a screen. I think Kyrie might have waved off Jacques Vaughn or the play he wanted, and Jacques Vaughn deaded it. He called a timeout. And I remember talking about Steve Nash saying, you are the head coach. You can affect the game like that. If you're seeing something you don't like, call a timeout and talk about it. If you're seeing a, a team go on a 10-0 run, don't let it go to 12. Call a timeout. Jacques Vaughn is energetic. He calls timeouts because he obviously knows he's a former player. He's got experience. I think that they are in a much better place with Jacques Vaughn as a head coach. I think all the guys are buying in. If you listen closely to the games, you hear the communication. And uh, I don't know. I think they I think they are a playoff team this year. There was a point early in the season where I'm like, I don't know if they make the playoffs. So, you know, speaking of playoffs, when you watch the last game, and this is the only game I can really speak on, and, uh, you know, for podcast purposes, there's no reason to go back to, uh, like, the Pacers' loss or the, or the Sixers' loss. Uh, I think Kyrie played well in the Trailblazers game, and then KD in the last three games is averaging like 40. But the biggest thing, because I, I actually was on air uh, Wednesday night after the Wizards game, the biggest thing from the Wizards game for me is that I think it's obvious, I think it's glaring, and I think it would be negligent for them to not go get a rebounding big. So total rebounds, the Wizards had 51, the Nets had 35, and then points in the paint, the Wizards had 58. The Nets had 32. Yes, Ben Simmons is out. Um, but that brings me to the next topic of conversation because I see people already in the chat on it. John Collins. So word was sent out that the Nets have reached out to the Hawks. They have been in conversation about potentially trading for John Collins. I don't know exactly what it's going to take, but I would certainly take him. But for some reason, I feel like he's not the answer. What do you guys think about John Collins, uh, who we could potentially trade for him? or anyone else out there that can just come in and actually be the starting center for the Nets and help them rebound. Like that same night I was watching the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson had 20 rebounds. He had 10 rebounds in the first half, 11 offensive rebounds. And I'm like, if that guy is on the Nets, the Nets look different. Yeah. You know, see, I, I kind of disagree a little bit. Uh, I know they haven't had a, a traditional kind of big and, and maybe that would help. John Collins is a, is a good player. He's had a down season. He hasn't shot the ball very well. I would expect him to shoot the ball better in a, in a different situation. Maybe he realizes he, he's at the end with the Hawks. He's not really a center either. I think he's only 6'9". He's, he's actually typically a, a power forward. He could play stretch five. But the Nets are constructed as a team that spreads you out. That's, that's the way they're designed. That's the way they're going to be optimized. As a team that spreads you out, whether it's, it's Ben Simmons playing center, Kevin Durant, they've been really positive with Kevin Durant playing center as of late, and they want to create as much space as possible for the likes of KD and for the likes of Kyrie. What that's going to take is gang rebounding. And I, and I think more so than them not having a traditional big, because remember they had Andre Drummond, who by the numbers is one of the greatest rebounders in history, and he still didn't rebound in that Celtic series and really wasn't playable in that Celtic series. Because when you put a prototypical big in there, they can't really defend the way the Nets want to defend if they're going to play offense the way that they want to play offense. I think their biggest problem is that they have all these small guard lineups together because they have Kyrie, 
They have uh, Seth Curry. They have Patty Mills, who you haven't seen play as much. They got Cam Thomas, you know, um, who I, I just haven't seen enough to to keep getting burned. I, I'd like to see Sumner get those minutes. Cam is going to get traded if you ask me, but go ahead. Yeah, but so to me, that's that's what it's going to take is maybe get a little bit bigger in the backcourt so that you can guard a little bit better and, and gang rebound a little bit better. But I, I don't want them to sacrifice what their identity is supposed to be which is is spreading the floor and, and, and shooting the three ball uh, around their stars. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think I'll put it this way. I don't think that he is necessarily the answer, but I also don't think he's not not the answer. Um, I think he's someone who is, and, and there's a reason he's been associated with the Nets for what seems like every trade deadline since this new era, is because he theoretically would fill a nice niche in the Nets because – if, if we are that team that's built to spread it out and is built to shoot, right, then, you know, Nick Claxton doesn't fit that. Mm-hmm. John Collins would fit it more than Nick Claxton. I love Claxton. This, that's not a, 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 an, any type of an argument against him. But if, Cla- if John Collins were to get his shooting stroke back a little bit more than we've seen, and clearly there's been something going on, I feel like that the amount of time he's going to be out with that ankle injury feels maybe a little inflated. It feels like there's some movement going on there. I've been seeing his name pop up a lot more with like NBA sources that I trust. I, I think he he's not going to come into the Nets and make them, you know, the Bucks from two years ago. He's not going to make them instantly the best team in the NBA. But he he makes them better. And if you can, and I see people floating like, you know, you trade Cam and and Seth and and these role players. If you can package role players who are not necessarily providing the most upside, Cam Thomas would be the number one person on my list of, of those players then I don't see any any issue with I don't think it develops any problems so long as he regresses back to what his mean has been, which has been a better player and a better shooter than 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 is in the past. You want him to kind of be what Jeff Green was a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just a a, a more a more, you know, energetic Jeff Green, not that Jeff Green wasn't energetic, but you can't rely on Jeff Green a, a whole season to be Uncle Jeff, you know, with him being 34 and all that. Dunkle Jeff still doing it. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him in Denver, but I know he's over there. Okay, so the story around the Nets, KD's been going off, scoring 40 a night, efficient, but he's leading the league in minutes. That's uh, not great for Slim because there's a point in time where, you know, he's going to get run down, and you need this guy to lead the team through April, May. Uh, You guys were speaking about Kawhi Leonard earlier. I just don't think Kawhi Leonard really wants to play. I think KD wants to play every day. KD is the one who famously said, let me die out there. And, like, no joke. They, they kind of have to. Um, what other stories around the Nets? Joe TJ Warren. That would be, I mean, to your point, Key, sorry to cut you off, but uh, no, TJ Warren. TJ Warren could, um, it, it's tough, because you don't want to rely on a guy who hasn't played basketball since the bubble, essentially. And, and whatever his injury days, was. 700 <laughs> days, they said, for TJ Warren. That's longer than Ben Simmons. No, uh, I'm, I think I'm confusing. <laughs> I think I'm confusing something I read. I think Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is definitely 700. <laughs> Between starts, I did a video on that earlier this week, so I know that's a fact. But, but it's been a- Warren has been out for a long time. <laughs> it has been a long time. Um, so I don't want to therefore count any chickens in a sense and say this guy's going to come back and solve issues, but there is a possibility if he can get back to form. Because remember, the, the bubble wasn't actually a mirage. T.J. Warren averaged like 18 to 20 points a game for three consecutive seasons. If he can come back 
He provides extra size in that backcourt and on the wing a little bit, rather than it just being Patty, Seth, and, and Kyrie, like I was talking about. And he's another scorer that could help spell KD. So I think he could actually solve a couple of problems, making the team a little bit bigger uh, without sacrificing the offense and also um, you know, being an option to, to get some buckets while KD gets a rest. I think we might just need to be patient on that. I see a lot of Nets fans assuming that, I mean, he plays tonight or you know, plays. I'm, I, I don't know what his minutes are going to be. My guess is small. Uh, I think we might have to give him a little bit of the early season Ben Simmons treatment of you know letting him see what he can do and maybe he throws out a few stinkers maybe he doesn't but he to me he's a he's a slot machine type player if he hits and if he hits the way that he has in the past we don't even need bubble tj warren 50 piece tj warren like you said robin 18 to 20 points coming into a nets team if he can revert back to that form i mean that's like you said, it, it spells KD, and then it opens up a whole world of possibilities. It's not like adding James Harden, but it's 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 certainly something. And we do have the benefit of being able to work with that and have a head coach who seems to be willing to experiment, to work, to try and figure out a system that that will work with him within his limitations, within his capabilities, before we end up getting around to the playoffs when having that tertiary scorer, that person who can spell Kevin Durant, becomes much more important. Jacopoto is a name that has come up for the last few years around the net. Sure. Um, maybe. <coughs> so, excuse me. Uh, so, moving on from KD, his minutes, TJ Warren coming back, making his debut tonight. Uh, it's good to have help on the way. We can't rush him, though. We can't expect him to be anything. We don't know what he's going to be, but it's good to have another body in the rotation. I mentioned Joe Harris. I don't know how you guys are feeling about Joe Harris. He has been a little bit better. Like, to see him hit shots late in the game or just make shots, good. Uh, I know it's a confidence thing with him. And um, what? who else was Seth Curry? Seth Curry played his first back-to-back. Like, it's good that we are getting deeper in the season. Guys are setting their roles, getting more acclimated, getting more healthy, getting more of a rhythm. That can only bode well as we do approach a, I think, February 9th trade deadline and – I think Sean Marks has to be masterful. I think Sean Marks has to have a great trade deadline to make this team better. Um, other places on the team, I don't know. Let me see. U- Utah Watanabe had an MRI on his strained right hamstring Monday, the results of which were consistent with the previous one. Um, he's still experiencing uh, – He, as he is still experiencing awareness with the hamstring, he will continue to retrieve like, – still experiencing awareness? It, meaning he feels it. He feels whatever's going on in there. That's that's what they're. That's why that's to say. written that way. Experiencing <laughs> awareness. Everybody experiences awareness of your hamstring. Like you, you're aware that you have two legs. I don't know. He'll continue to receive treatment. Ben Simmons has been diagnosed with the left lateral upper calf strain. He already had the sore knee, but um, he's going to miss the next two games after missing the last one. But they'll be back at some point as well. Uh, to close, I'd like to look ahead. Obviously, tonight, the Raptors again. The Nets have played them twice already. This will be the third time they're familiar with these guys. But bum, 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 Sunday, the Boston Celtics come to town. The Celtics are good, and we obviously hate the Celtics. And I'm very interested to see what the Nets look like Sunday at 6 against Boston and Tatum and those guys. That's going to be a real, like, litmus test of where the Nets are right now. I don't expect them to beat them, but I expect them to compete. And if they do beat them, then wow. 
Then you got the Hornets coming to town and then the Hawks coming to town. And then that completes this stretch of uh, seven home games that the Nets have had in this run, which is great for the fans, uh, getting wins, energizing the fan base, leaving the nonsense outside of the Nets world and just focusing on basketball. So I think they have a good shot here to stay above 500, beat the Raptors tonight. You're two games up and you got the Celtics should be able to beat the Hornets. We'll see what happens with the Hawks. What are you guys thinking about these next couple games lined up for the Nets? Well, I, I think the Nets are now, they belong with anybody below Boston and Milwaukee. They have the, you know, they have to prove that they belong with Boston and Milwaukee. They got a ways to go before I, I'd be confident saying that. But I think they belong with anybody else in, in the East. And, and they, they've always been better in personnel than they have been in product. So it, it's good to see that personnel starting to shine through a little bit. Um, you, you mentioned some of the guys, you know, you hope Ben doesn't have nail uh, nagging things all year. You hope Yuta's 100%. Joe is playing a little bit better. I, I still don't really trust him uh, against the best teams, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. The Boston Celtics game is, is very intriguing because that's the kind of game I feel like that could change all of our moods. It wouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It's still just one out of 82. But if Brooklyn could beat Boston on Jay-Z's birthday, that'd be pretty good. On the ten and the ten year anniversary too. I mean, yeah. And Hove has been there. Hove was at the last game. He's been showing up. Oh, nice. Where'd you get that? Or they gave, you got it they from gave, the Nets. But yeah, they gave it out. It's like a replica court. So they gave it to the they gave it to the first uh, however many people that came in. So that I mean, was- they're doing it, man. They I see they have a chain for the celebrities. That's cool. I got to start going back to the games tonight. They're giving away the Kevin Durant Easy Money T shirt. Um, they're, they're bought, working on it, man. They're I bought Raja, um, Kevin Durant, the, the white Basquiat fire. You know, we saw it right when we walked in and I'm, I'm thinking to myself in my head, there's a little bit of a risk here, you know, but it's too fire not to. And it was one of those moments where he was genuinely so happy. Like he was just, I guess, cause it looks so dope. He wore it to school the next day. He got multiple compliments. Good. So, uh, you know, I copped him that as soon as we walked into the building, I'm feeling good about, uh, Katie right now. Early Christmas gift. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I don't know. I just feel like I've been really enjoying thinking about the Nets because we haven't been podcasting for a week and a half or so. It, it, it feels like there's hope again in the Nets world, not even just hope that like we'll be competitive, but I'm back in the position where I was at the start of the season where the Nets may not be a consistent product like the Celtics, like the Bucks, but with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I, I do. I would back them to beat any team in the league on any given night with, with those stars that they have. And I, I do genuinely think Jacques Vaughn is the guy to, to, to be able to make that happen. I am beyond thrilled that they ended up sticking with him and they ended up sticking in house. And clearly the players are responding to it. There was a great like behind the scenes video of him doing like a team talk after he got the interim tag. And it just seems like he he's earned a lot of respect from the players and has that, awareness that obviously steve doesn't have but would be hard to replicate with bringing in some other coach so i'm i'm thrilled about it this is supposed to be fun like all of the negativity all of the nonsense all the non-basketball related stuff like nobody enjoys talking about that nobody enjoys going over that i know there are a lot of fans that like i don't know somehow get satisfaction over keeping receipts on all of that and coming back to say anything about what anyone said about Kyrie or what anyone said about Ben Simmons. It doesn't matter. What matters is these guys are playing, they're winning. 
and they're forming a team. All I've wanted for this year, which is supposed to be an all-in year, a last year of Kyrie being here, all I wanted was for them to figure out how to be competitive and potentially make a run into the playoffs, one that could convince KD to stay. I think Kyrie's all the way out, obviously, but KD is signed. So looking at the talent around him, I think I said on the radio the other night, I think this is the most talented roster that he's been around. And it's not that talented, but, like, if you go back to the years of, uh, the like, the first year he didn't play, we obviously know that didn't work. They traded those guys um, for James Harden, and then the James Harden stuff didn't work. But the role players were, like, TLC, and then we got to, like, uh, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green and Blake Griffin and uh, – there just they, there wasn't enough – talent around KD even like remember who was the what was the shooter that, that played for Phoenix Von uh, with the pro oh, white yeah. white guy Landry Shamit yeah Landry Shamit no nah, I wasn't Landry <laughs> Shamit but that's hilarious with the curly fro when they threw the ball oh, at, at oh Kyrie, he the, 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 the point the point guard he was like uh, can't remember his name he was a Sean oh, Marks guy Tyler loved him Tyler Johnson? Uh, yeah. Tyler Johnson. Like, that's the type of guys we had on the team, bro. Reggie Perry was getting burned. So, I look at this team now. Like, they have veterans. They have talent. And uh, Sean Marks has an opportunity to uh, make a move or a couple moves here at the deadline to shore this team up. And when you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving, uh, other pieces, then, you know, they should be able to compete with anyone. So, that is the fun part of it. Let's go Nets, man. The never know Nets. You never know what Nets you're going to get. But uh, the way this schedule lines up, man, it's great. Like, they're just playing teams that they've already played, even after this next stretch of games, which we'll come back with another podcast, I think, Monday after we play tonight and we play Sunday. But then if you look ahead past the Hornets and Hawks games, they run it back with the Pacers, run it back with the Wizards, run it back with the Raptors. Like, those are games they should win. Then they play the Pistons. So uh, looking forward to all of it before they go on a run. There's a stretch run right before Christmas where they play the Warriors, the Bucks, the Cavs, that's going to be tough. Uh, and I know the Warriors aren't what they used to be, but they're still the Warriors. So, hey, we're back to potting. Uh, I said we'll be back with another pot Monday. Hopefully this team keeps winning and it's positive energy and positive vibes. Uh, we will fire up the voicemail again. I checked Google Voice. It is still active. Um, if you guys want to leave questions or add your two cents to the pod outside of the chat, which we appreciate everybody in the YouTube chat, of course, the voicemail number is 201-870-0461. Call up, leave a voicemail less than a minute, and you'll be on the next episode of Talking Nets. Subscribe to the pod and subscribe to the YouTube. If you're in the chat right now, hit the thumbs up, hit the like on your way out. Uh, for Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn, Keith McPherson, that's all I've got. You guys got anything else to add? Make us proud, USA. <laughs> let's go team usa coming up all right uh let's go nets let's go, go nets. Let's, let's go nets, nets. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. and that's it i hit it <laughs>